Hi, I'm Dom Alessio, and this is Other Side of the Tracks. Each episode, we feature a new release and talk to the artist about the inspiration, meaning, and stories behind each song. In this episode, we take a look at Graffiti You, the ninth album from four-time Grammy Award winner Keith Urban. He spoke to a live audience about how he went about capturing new textures and tones for this album. We start off by hearing what inspires his unique writing process. I love new music, you know, I, I, because the thing about I find with a lot of new music is just constant r- rule breaking or certain, you know, structure breaking, dismantling of the way things are done. Not just in the writing, but in recording, arranging, all of it. And, and I find that really inspiring. I've always written with some kind of rhythmic thing underneath, you know. Um, writing songs for me was always... I, I enjoyed it most when we have some kind of a drum machine loop groove going and then just start jamming along with it. And then the music starts to happen and a melody comes and then a story mostly for me comes out of the music. You know, the music is trying to say something. Very early on when I was playing solo gigs growing up in, you know, playing in Brizzy, and I quit school at 15, I was playing in a cover band, probably around uh, 19, 18, 19, 20, around there, you know, I bought a drum machine and it was a great way to play solo gigs. I mean, then it was just having a basic drum machine where I had a stop and start switch and I just set the tempo. And, you know, it was really cheap and chintzy, so you'd hit, like, the thing of you... Stop that and then count off the song, two, three, four, and then you're grooving away. I think what I, what I loved about it was that it felt inspiring to play with a groove like that. It felt like something was laying down the foundation so I could sort of float around the top of it. And from that... I mean, for me, whenever you're inspired, as an artist, when you're inspired, that's when creativity is just coming in a really nice flow because you feel inspired. Graffiti You kicks off with a bang with the track Coming Home. We were interested to hear what inspired the contemporary sound and the story behind the song's signature riff. Merle Haggard has a great song called Mama Tried. It's a classic. It's got a really great intro uh, this rolling guitar intro that I've always loved and I've thought I'd love to use that in a song one day. We took the sample off the off Merle's album. That's it, that's the lick, right? So then we took that intro and literally pitched it down and it sounds like that. There we go. So that that became the manipulated version of this sample and uh, it became really the inspiration for the song. Put chords around it, there was no real uh, idea of what we were gonna write about, but when I heard that, that lick, it just made me think of growing up in Queensland and going around to all these country music festivals with my parents, and it just made me think of home, you know? And so the chorus came out quite quickly and then the rest of the, so- the story started to take shape. Right, so that's the 808, pretty straight ahead. Now you'll hear the Haggard lick come in right here. It's a really important part of the song, it grounds it all down. So it's not just the, uh, it's not just the, that bit, it's both, that rolling piece is really important for the song. 
So the chorus came. This place that I know where they all know me. Gotta get back now to the ones who love me. So that, that came really, really quickly. And then the verse, I, I didn't have any lyrics. I just had... I took up the theater, took out stone to keep those days on by. If the fact wants to take it by the beat, if it's not the deep and there to death's time, I gotta get it right. That's all we had, it was just gibberish. But there's, there's meter and phrasing and everything, and there's just everything but the words, right? Everything but lyric. So I brought Julia in to help me flesh out what this song is trying to say. And she, she had this other melody. She's like, well, I don't know if that's the melody. And this is the melody Julia had. I'm feeling pretty stimulated. No one's in you. A these sidewalks filled with different faces So many places but there's none like mine So that, that was her melody And when she sang it, it was so great Because her register's much lower And I was like, oh, it's a great melody But I think the melody I had was the right one and So we kind of didn't agree And we were trying to figure out words and all the rest of it So long story short, we went with her melody And we finished out all these lyrics, like whole first verse, whole second verse, spent a couple of hours doing it. And we went, I went home and I got up next morning and listened to it and I'm like, it's not, it's, not, it's not right, it's not, I missed that other melody, you know, I don't think that's the right melody. As I called Julia and I said, I don't think anything we did is usable. Like, it's heartbreaking, you know, because we spent ages on it and she's like, oh. That's a shame, you know, so, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, back to the drawing board. So, a couple of weeks go by, and I was laying in bed one morning, and I was thinking about that song. Make none of the ones who love me, wrap myself around you, never let you go, there's nothing in the world that feels like the place that I know where they all know me, I gotta get back now to the ones who love me, wrap myself around you, I suddenly realized that this went here. Feeling lost in all the madness I need somewhere to ease my mind These sidewalks filled with different faces So many places but there's none like mine I'm coming home It actually went at the end of the song <laughs> So I call up Julia and I go Good news, bad news. The good news is that that whole piece we worked on works. It just works at the end of the song. Bad news is I still don't have any verses. Can you come back to the studio one night and we'll work on it? And bless her, she came back to the studio like a week later and we worked on the first and second verses and the song was finished. I wake up feeling in my soul I'm living someone else's life. a few songs on bass and uh, this album we did uh, a song called Never Coming Down the thing I love about bass is it just sort of liberates where the melody can go do we have you have the, uh, the groove on this song this song just started with a cool little groove happening and there was a bass in the studio so um, not this bass as you will be will, will. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was the gist of the song. <laughs> we must have jammed on that for ages and ages. And uh, uh, so I wrote it with a couple of other guys, Josh Kerr, Jay Hart, and, and Shai Carter, who's on um, uh, My Wave as well. And um, that, it just started on bass, so we just we stayed with that. And uh, um, the song started to take off. And it was, we just made it about going to a concert. I mean, top to bottom, it was just about being at a gig. <laughs> you know, I like going to gigs as well. I just saw the Foo Fighters last week in Nashville. It was fantastic. Uh, there's a guy called Jason Evergan who's a great songwriter and uh, producer, multi-instrumentalist. And we wrote, to wrote together one time in Nashville with two other writers. And uh, he had this cool little track which uh, basically was, I think you got the piano. Have you ever piano? And the sax. That's right, that's the gist of the piano. And then there's a sax line that he had in there as well which became... Can you just play that sax line on its own? Yeah, yeah. So he just had this kind of loop thing. Yeah, he had this loop thing happening, and we uh, had this title called Same Heart, which was literally just being in a place in life, realizing that you're in, still in love with this person that's been however long ago and you can move and change your clothes and your hair and change where you live and change everything but you still have the same heart and so the song really took off from there. I've been going different ways to get to work if I go down 12th it still hurts when I pass that corner I, I think it's always um I think it's just, it's, you know, it's just a, it's feeling. It's a feeling of that time in life, you know, and it does, you don't have to be in that place to write about those things. It's very accessible. Song inspiration can come from anywhere. And there's an interesting line on My Wave, the fourth song on the album, which we asked Keith to shed some light on. Ben Mendelsohn, who's a great Aussie actor, was doing a film with Nick quite a few years ago. And I just remember the conversation sitting in the trailer one day with him and he, we were talking about negative people and how you have to be very, just watch out for those people. And Ben's like, yeah, mate, you've got to watch out for the shine blockers. And I was like, the what? He goes, mate, you've got to watch out for the shine blockers, mate. They're bloody terrible people to be around. And... And I went, the shine blockers, that's fantastic. I'm so going to use that in a song one day. And it was five years later or something. We were working on this song called My Wave. And Shy Carter, who's one of the guys I wrote the song with, was going to do this little kind of breakdown rap type thing in the middle, just a little cool bit in the middle. And I said to him, you can say anything you want in your little 16 bars of whatever you want to do, but can you please start with, you've got to watch out for the shine blockers. That's all I ask, you know. Watch out for the shine blockers. Me, I'm just a time stopper. Wait, huh? We gon' get there when we get to the mama. We gotta depend on the way. Leaning and dreaming. Pulling up on the scene and we stinking. Focus and floating. We drinking and singing. Been a long time coming, but it's... It's a reggae feel, and I wanted to write a song with that feel, because we've never done 
done that before and uh, it became very much a life philosophy for me lyrically. I roll with the punches. I roll with the punches, I go with the flow. I go with the flow. I used to fight against the tide. I used to fight against the tide. But I learned, but I my, learned lesson. my lesson. And now, now I know there's I a better know. way to live this life. There's a better way to live this life. You gotta find your song and just sing it. There's a better way to feel alright, let it all go and let love take control and just ride on your way. is just simplistically about not having to feel like you've got to answer to people or please anybody else or go with the mob, you know, just be in your own zone and try and live life on your own terms, it's just what I try to do. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Keith teamed up with Ed Sheeran on the hypnotic and heartfelt Parallel Line, the fifth song on the album. He shares how this collaboration came about and how it almost didn't make it onto the record. Yeah, so actually I saw Ed at the Grammys uh, one year and I was asking him about Julia because I know the two of them had written on the, the Ed's record which hadn't come out yet and they wrote a song called Dive, it's a really good song and uh, so we were talking about her and then like six months later I get sent this song that Ed is singing um, called Parallel Line and I just, I loved the song and so they just, uh, they said, you know, if you want to record it, it's your song and I just loved it. It's one of those rare songs that uh, just hit me the very first, very first second. You said perfectly everything I've been feeling about you. It's time to break the chains that held me back from you. So come on and take a little bit of my heart Ed's just one of those rare guys that will wear his heart on his sleeve, you know. And it's what makes him so appealing is uh, that kind of vulnerability and just honesty, you know. And it's a great song. He's a great, great songwriter. So the, he had done this demo of the song and he was playing guitar and uh, electric acoustic singing. There's a big stacked vocal part in the middle which he had done all the vocals for. And Ed's guitar playing was so great, the acoustic playing, so I just, we kept that and then just built, built around it. I played electric and did all the vocals, but it's great to have him stay, stay on the track playing acoustic. So um, in the middle of the song, I, the other thing I loved about it was this kind of, instead of a guitar solo, it was just this big stack, bunch of vocals. And so I just went in and sort of replaced everything. And I don't know, there's like 16, 18 tracks of me singing all these different parts. I think we have it isolated here. So this is... <laughs> I 
<laughs> so um, the, I was so taken by how they conceived of that idea that there's, again, there was no need to uh, change it. I, j I just needed it to be me instead of Ed. <laughs> We're working on so many songs for the album, and um, in some ways, I wasn't sure if it, if it sort of fit the record. You know, it was, it was just it was, wasn't so much about anything else than just fitting the flow of the rest of the songs. Did it did it go with that lot? Otherwise, it's you know. Um, and, a, and a friend of mine, a Serban, a guy called Serban Genia, who's a, an amazing mixing engineer, uh, and did most of the record. I, I had him mix the song anyway, and then I still wasn't sure about it. And he said, no, you should really consider that one. So it went from sort of being off, on, off, on. And, we, and I'm really glad that it landed on the album because I think it, it flowed right. It's tricky with albums. I mean, we're in a funny time with records in general. Just listening to music in general, you know, the attention span's real short. Listening to entire albums is a sort of a strange, um, almost archaic sort of thing to a lot of people. And I totally get it, you know, because in a lot of ways we've, in a lot of ways we've gone back to the beginning of uh, singles, you know, it's kind of we're in a singles driven time like we were in the 50s um, before the record, uh, before the album came along. But I think if, if there's a flow to the songs and, and it makes for a compelling listening, hopefully, you know, then, then there's a reason to put all these songs together on one record. And put our hearts in a parallel line. Later in the album, there's a track called Gemini. Keith tells us how it came about. So it's the first song I wrote with Julia Michaels and Justin Tranter and Ian Kirkpatrick. Uh, and so the first day we got together, Ian had this cool little track, which became a bit of Jeff. Jeff, you just play the original, the uh, beginning of this. Um, we basically just had this track playing. Um, you can play right now, I think. <laughs> Again, it was just making music for music's sake. So Ian made this track that was basically... So that we just ran that for ages. <laughs> And then, and so we started talking about uh, what should we write about, and Julia and Justin said, well, tell us about Nick. I said, well, she's Gemini, and um, having never written with them before, uh, and what I love about Julia is just total honesty, unfiltered honesty in her songwriting. I said, she's Gemini, I said, but you know, she's... She's not a contradiction, she can roll with things. And they go, oh, there's the opening line. She's not quite a contradiction, she rolls with it. She's not quite a contradiction. Quick with a snap decision, I'm fine with it. Quick with a snap decision. Strong on a strong I'm opinion, I'm weak for it. Strong on a strong opinion. It's not just one thing, not one just thing, I want all of it. It's not just one thing, not one just thing, I want all of it. And it was fun, so fun writing with them, just for the fluidity and the way they write, so it was really fun. 
I told them more about her and um, got somewhat intimate. And uh, before we knew it, she's singing these lines. She's a maniac in the bed, but a brainiac in her head. And I know what everybody knows. Mm-mm, baby, she's both. And I said, well, I don't know if I could say she's a maniac in the bed and a brainiac in her head, Julia. And Julia said, you just did. You pretty much just said that to us when you were talking about your wife. And I, and I said, yeah, but I don't know if I would put that in a song. And she goes, why not? Why, why wouldn't you put that in a song? I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I think, and that's that, it's that classic thing where the way I grew up writing songs was always about, okay, that's what you want to say. Now figure out a cool artistic way to craft that into something and yada, yada, yada. And in the end, it's like Julia's whole thing is like, no, just say, just say that. That's, that's what you want to say, say that. It's this fun, super playful, sexy song. It just it really suits. We had two verses, two choruses, and the song was basically done. But when I went to record it, I felt like I wanted more stuff. We had no lyrics, so I'm sitting in the studio and I go, she got the stars coming out of her eyes. Got everybody staring like they're called in the headlights. A little bit left, a little bit right. She wake you to make love in the middle of the night. And every breath that I take is brand new. I'm a man brought back to life. And I just needed these last little couple of lines to finish out this piece, and I'm like, how do, I, how do I finish this song? Nowhere in the song did we say Gemini, which I also loved the fact. It's a little like, you know, I love songs that you never, this title's never said in the whole song. So we never said Gemini in the whole song. Uh, we get to these last couple of lines, and I'm thinking, what, what is, I've never Wikipedia Gemini before. I'm going to get on Wikipedia and see what Gemini is, right? So I, I, I Wikipedia Gemini, and it says, Gemini are the twins Castor and Pollux, and I'm like, Castor, that's the greatest two percussive words you could ever come up with right there. I'm going to use Castor and Pollux somehow in this song because they sound really good. And I thought about these, these, the Gemini twins and how I feel very much a twin with my wife, if that makes any sense to anybody, like I said, a spiritual twin with her. And I imagined Castor and Pollux would send Nick to save me from the life that I was in so I could be returned to my Gemini and become whole. And so the, the ending became, every breath that I take is brand new, I'm a man brought back to life. Castor and Pollock sent you to save me, I've returned to my Gemini. And, and we ended up using the name Gemini and it completed the whole song. Keith Urban's Graffiti You is available now. To find out more about the album or for tour details, visit keithurban.net. Other Side of the Tracks is produced in Sydney, Australia by U Music Media House, a subsidiary of Universal Music Australia. 
This episode was edited and mixed by the teams at Eardrum and Forbes Street Studios. For more, visit othersideofthetrackspod.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.